calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored, my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. From personal stories to hot-button issues, we cover it all. New episodes drop every Wednesday, so make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. Let's hang out. Let's hang out. And let's talk about what lessons have found. Let's hang out. And let's listen to two lesbians shout. Let's hang out. Let's hang out. Hey everyone, and welcome back to Les Hangout, the podcast where my dad says the only way for me to get a trust fund is if I have a job. What even is that? <laughs> it's not Les Hangout, that's for sure. Sorry, you know what I should have done <laughs> yeah. is, um, my dad says the only way for me to get my trust fund is if I have a podcast. If you start a podcast, like, yeah, yeah. What even is a podcast? <laughs> I don't know. After like six years, we still don't know. <laughs> so true. The world may never know. The world may never um, know. From the West Coast, I'm Lee Holmes Foster. And from the East Coast, I'm Ellie Brigida. To those of you who've been with us through this whole journey, thank you as always for listening. If you're a new listener, welcome. We're excited to have you here. Here's what's happening this week. This week in the Lesdom. This week in the Lesdom is a place where we can touch base each episode about things going on with the podcast or otherwise. And we want to let you all know that we are having a League of Their Own trivia. We are super excited going to be on november 17th 8 p.m eastern standard time 5 p.m pacific on zoom you can get your tickets at bit.ly slash a lot of trivia and that's a-l-o-t-o you know how to spell it if you if you know a league of their own you know it so many of you have already gotten your tickets so we know it's going to be a pretty big event we are so excited so get your tickets at bit.ly slash a lot of trivia we also want to remind you that in season six, we are now doing Patreon-only bonus episodes. We have three of them out already, and we are going to have our next one coming out at the end of the month, just in time for Thanksgiving. So if you want to join our Patreon and be able to those episodes, you can get all of the ones that we've released so far. And if you join before November 28th, I think you'll get our next one. You can do that at bit.ly slash lespatreon. We also want to make sure that you fill out our survey for our Les Hangout retreat. We want to start planning a queer adventure for all of you, and we need your help. So fill that out at bit.ly slash trip. You can tell us where you want to go. Right now, our top destinations are Greece, Ireland, and I believe coastal Maine is on there. So I'm <laughs> intrigued by that. You know, Europe and Maine. Yeah, to be fair, Maine is beautiful. It is. I And it's an easy trip for me, so I'm down for that. But if you want to go to any of those places or if you want to go somewhere else, please let us know. 
at bit.ly slash lestrip. This is the last week we're going to have that survey out there. In the greater Les universe, I think some of the gays may have noticed uh, Taylor Swift announced announced her next tour, um, her era's tour, is going to be happening and I think many of us may have noticed like some of the openers, you know, maybe jumped out like some of the uh, like Phoebe Bridgers and um, Muna and Girl in Red. If any of you listen to Girl in Red, you know, just Literally just some gayest, <laughs> just like... some familiar names um, that, you know, might have been announced as part of the opening acts. For Taylor Swift's next tour, NBD. That's all we're saying. Don't Nothing don't read to too much about, into it. Or yeah, anything. don't read too much into the. Don't yeah. read too much into that. I'm sure she just picked some names out of a hat. Sure. Um, probably just happenstance that Girl in Red is opening for her for like the entirety of Pride Month. I don't know why anyone would read anything into that. That'd be silly. <laughs> is anyone reading into that? Let us know. Definitely let us know. <laughs> <laughs> let us know. Um, also in the Greater Les Universe. Halloween was last week, which we all know is gay Christmas. Super exciting. Some great costumes out there from the lesbian community. One of my favorites was Haley Kiyoko as Velma. As we all know, Velma came out. Haley Kiyoko also played Velma. So perfect. It's like a trifecta of the gay world. Yeah. Like a trinity from our lesbian Jesus. Amazing. Yes. Loved it. Also, just in general, which we knew was going to happen, plenty of the League of Their Own costumes out there. You all look amazing. Make sure you bring those costumes to Trivia on November 17th. We'll see you there. Also, Chriselle Staus and G-Flip dressed as each other, which I feel like is just like the height of lesbian Halloween costumes. I like, mean, oh, I'm just going to dress as you and you dress as me. Is it or is Cameron Esposito dressed as a Negroni Spagliato with Prosecco in it? The height of lesbian costumes. Because, I mean, I'm just going to say, like, there's there's queer costumes and then there's queer costumes, queer costumes, you know? Yep. So, um, speaking of queer costumes. Oh, yeah. Um, speaking of Negroni Spagliato, also, I think mine and Jana's Halloween costume is one of my favorites. I was Queen Alicent and she was Princess slash Queen Rhaenyra. Debatable where that stands um, for any of you who watch the show. Um, and it was so fun. I just like, it was one of our favorite costumes to date. Incredible. They looked great. Looked real good. Like we literally both dyed our hair for it. Yeah. Like we ordered the costumes like perfectly. They were the exact right costumes. Like we were having fun with it. And we also went into Whole Foods. I mean, we just got snacks for our night, but we were just cracking up like being in costume in Whole Foods. Nice. It was it was a wild night for us. I, I like how you're like, <laughs> we dyed our hair. We like custom ordered these like perfect replica costumes. And I'm like, I ordered a $12 baseball cap off of Amazon. And that is the only thing I added to my wardrobe for my Halloween costume where I did a deep cut Lupe Garcia, the Spanish striker. And then literally walked around with my kids have like, you know, those little um, like plastic, like T-ball toddler yes. sets. Yeah, I had the the baseball and the baseball bat from that uh, and then walked around the neighborhood with them to go trick or treating. Did anyone you know? recognize you like any Absolutely of the other lesbians in the neighborhood? Absolutely not. Not a mm. single person. I'm sorry, but I do That's love okay. that you had. I mean, I'm sure if I look in my wardrobe, I feel like last year was like super easy. I was like, this is literally just my wardrobe to be um Danny and Jamie yes. from Black yeah, yeah. 
love a good blonde and redhead couple's costume. I mean, just keep them coming. Made for you. Keep them coming. But I love that you didn't even have to change your wardrobe. You just no, were like, I did I'm nothing. gay. Nobody recognized me, but all everyone online has been a big fan. You know? Oh, yeah. That's what matters. I mean, it is perfectly accurate for only buying one thing. Yes. So very impressed with you. Great. That's what's happening this week. Back to you, Ellie and Lee. Thanks, Ellie and Lee. And we are so excited to bring you episode seven of season six, Baby It's Joel Outside. And we have a very special guest here today. We are joined by Juliana Joel, who is a trans bilingual Puerto Rican actress who will soon be seen recurring on Showtime's highly anticipated American Gigolo and has been turning heads as Disney Channel's first trans character on Raven's Home. On the big screen, you'll also see her in Absolute Dominion for Netflix Bloomhouse later this year. And prior to that, she was selected among hundreds of hopefuls as part of the ensemble of ABC Disney's Television Discovers Showcase 2021. Juliana, thank you so much for being here. Oh my gosh, those intros. <laughs> what a bio. It's, it's, <laughs> you just, you're so busy and doing everything. You you all win for uh, best intro out of all the interviews <laughs> I've been doing. Those yes. are very clever. <laughs> That is what we pride ourselves on. Well, Lee in particular is very punny. Listen, <laughs> we're in season six now. We decided way back, not I can't even say way back in season one, way back in the day when Ellie and I were just like dreaming up, let's have a podcast. We somehow landed on Lesbian Blues Clues as the vibe of how we were going to name everything. <laughs> and all I have to say is six seasons later we're consistent i am both filled <laughs> with regrets and also i still kind of love it but yeah i'm like trying to come up with like what's our next stupid punny title <laughs> i <laughs> mean lesbian week. blues clues i'm i'm intrigued now i mean like you know, most lesbians dress like steve from blues clues so like it works so true. okay i i was trying to um <laughs> think of what the main inspiration for that was <laughs> Yeah, you know, like he has, I'm literally wearing a striped something You right honestly now, like, are. You he, really are. And if my, like, pattern was on Lee's shirt, that's, yeah. that's it. Yeah. Ellie, if you had, like, a really big, uh, big ring notepad, can, do you have, like, a notepad lying around? <laughs> well, and a this giant is, yeah, pencil. Yeah, I'm like, this is a visual gag for podcasts, so it's not really gonna, <laughs> but I do have a notebook. Great, 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 great. <laughs> Quick, write some clues. Is it sad that I still remember the We Just Got a Letter song from Blues Clues? No. Not like, unless you sing it. Right, sing it. Sing it yeah. right Absolutely not. <laughs> it was worth a try though, right? The songs in Blues Clues were awesome. I was like, but I also, in my mind, I literally just started going back, 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 back. And I was like, that's not, that's from Dora the Explorer. Mm-hmm. But also the music on that show slaps. Wow, Ellie, our five-year-old audience is going to be like, really offended <laughs> with you right now. How dare you? How dare you? No, all the five-year-old lesbians in the audience, is that what you're saying? <laughs> yes. Yes. Our younger demographic listeners mm-hmm. are really going to, they're yeah. never going to forgive you. It, what am po- I on? <laughs> Podcasts are historically listened to by five-year-olds. Even my kids don't listen to my podcast yet. Listen. Yes. But we're not, we're going to, this is going to be a chaos episode. I can't wait. We are not here to talk about Blue's Clues, Dora the Explorer, any of these other random things that have happened in the first 15 minutes of this episode. We are here to talk to you, Juliana. So talk to us a bit. 
the biggest thing and the most exciting thing that you've been doing recently, at least for us in terms of representation, is you are playing Nikki on Raven's Home, which is the first trans character on a Disney show, correct? Yeah, it's the first live action trans character, first out trans actor to be on Disney Channel, which to me is still insane to hear those words, let alone speak them and realize that it's me. People always ask me like, what does it feel like? And I'm like, I don't know. I really don't know what it feels like. It's been crazy in every way imaginable, both for me professionally, as well as personally, as a human being, you know, we all dream, we all have dreams. At least I hope we all do. So to think back of my younger self, who I was a That's So Raven fanatic. Like I would get out of school and I would rush home to watch That's So Raven. Raven was my best friend in my mind for years. She didn't know it, but homegirl and I were, <laughs> were best friends. And I just loved that show. I'm And I also acknowledged back then how big that show was to have someone like Raven, African-American, who who also was an image for girls who don't fit the like Barbie doll model. Because, you know, usually Disney, it's like perfect, pretty princess. And so for me as a kid to, to be so obsessed with that show and to dream of being an actor one day, not knowing that it was possible for me because I come from a very humble Puerto Rican family. I always thought that you had to be born into the entertainment industry to be in it because there was no one around me who was doing it. And at the same time, I was, you know, growing up in Tampa, Florida, which we all know Florida is very problematic. (laughs) Don't know what you're talking about. Not familiar. (laughs) We only hear great things about the state. Oh, yeah, for sure. It was not a very inspiring or or supportive environment for a little queer kid, Latino kid, who wanted to be in Hollywood and be on TV. And, you know, I would always tell myself, well, you're an actor now, but you're not going to be on Disney because you're too old. Like, they only hire, like, you know, like 12, 11, 10-year-olds. Be honest, you were still practicing, though, the little making the, the mouse head with the... Oh, the wand? Yeah, right? So, um, you, were, you were still practicing, hi, though, I'm right? Juliana Jones, like, you gotta you're keep... watching the Disney Channel. <laughs> yeah. Scrabble. You gotta keep those skills yes. tight. Like, you gotta still practice. Um, I absolutely do still practice. I'm still waiting for that moment. Okay. Uh, but I'm ready. We're manifesting. I have the wand ready. I'm ready. I have the outfit picked out. I don't know if Disney will approve it, but I am ready for that moment. Wait, so what is the outfit? I don't want to learn it. <laughs> all right, all right. Okay, all right. We, listeners, we approve the outfit. Imagine what you think this outfit is. Let us know. This should <laughs> listeners to advocate for me and mm-hmm. write Disney and have them have Juliana have a wand moment. Like, sure, being the first trans actor on Disney Channel is cool and everything, but it's not going to be solidified until she has her wand moment. Yes, let's start a campaign. This is it. Right now, this campaign is starting, and Disney cannot not listen. <laughs> we need a hashtag. What's our hashtag? Okay, hashtag give Nikki a wand. I'm not clever right now. <laughs> okay, great. I'll take it. Give Nikki yeah, a yeah, wand. Yeah, it's close enough. Close enough. Yeah, it'll work. <laughs> so, yeah, so to, you know, dream of being an actor, dream of being on Disney, and then 
telling myself, well, you're now you're too old. And even if you weren't too old, if you were young enough to be on Disney, you're trans. When have you ever seen a trans person or character on Disney Channel? You know, before Nikki, there was, there's an animated series called Owl House that has mm-hmm. a, uh, a non-binary character. But I've never seen like a live action, like actual trans person on TV playing an out trans role on Disney. So never, honestly, I was like, okay, this isn't ever going to happen. And then I get the call. I wish the call would have been like, you're Nikki, you're getting the job. But no, <laughs> they did not write it with me in mind. Although I'd like to think that they did without me knowing. <laughs> but yeah, it was typical, like typical Hollywood. You get the audition which said out trans character, we want an authentic, a real life trans person to play this role. So right off the bat, I was like, oh, at least they're doing that right. Like, mm-hmm. even if I don't get the role, at least I know whoever does get it, we're going to be good. Because mm-hmm. we know, we all know how it is, not just Disney, but a lot of production companies like to not hire actual trans actors to portray our own lives. Um, that's yep. another rabbit hole we can get into later. And then I had a live Zoom audition, thanks to COVID. You know, we haven't done in-person auditions in a while. And, y'all, I was so excited for this. I went to Nordstrom Rack, and I bought the girliest, pinkest dress I could find that I would (laughs) never wear in my personal life. But I knew that this was the character. This was Nikki. And for those who haven't watched Raven's Home and seen Nikki, she's described as this early 2000s celebutant, like very Paris Hilton, Nicole Richie vibes, has never lifted a finger in her life, just very aloof, means well, but not the brightest, not the brightest girl. (laughs) So I was like, okay, I need to look the part. So I go to Nordstrom Rack and I buy this pink dress and I put it on. The second I turn on the the um, live Zoom audition with the char- the casting director, she goes, "That's her. That's Nikki. That's the character." And I'm like, "Okay, no pressure. Now I gotta like really act it well." Did it? Went great. And then she goes, "I love what you're wearing. I want to see the rest of it." Not knowing that under the dress, I'm wearing these like horrific sweatpants that you would never leave your house in because you're just home with like socks that don't match and I was just like a mess under mind you I'm also on my like self-tape setup which is a mess itself and I have like things all over the floor and I'm like how am I going to show her my outfit without looking like a psycho and I was like okay give me like two seconds and I'm like halfway pulling them down and she's like she kind of like rushed me. So I was just like, okay. And I took my computer and I panned it down and I showed her the rest of my dress with my sweatpants, like halfway down, which you couldn't see. They were halfway down. Um, Not the purpose of this story, but (laughs) something people don't know about that little moment. And, and that same week I got the call that I was Nikki and I immediately just like went into shock I didn't cry then. My first time crying was the first day I went to set and had the table read, which was my first time meeting everybody. That for me was 
Like, I vividly remember every single detail. What I was wearing, what Raven was wearing. And I've never been so scared in my life. But yeah, it's it's been insane. It's been a dream come true. And I'm also just so grateful to the showrunners of the show who were supportive of bringing in a trans character because without the showrunners approving these things, like it wouldn't happen. I'm grateful to Raven. You know, Raven's one of the executive producers now. She had to be the ones to approve me being cast. And I'm extremely grateful to Nori Reed, who is a probably one of my favorite comedians, who's one of the writers on Raven's Home. She's out, she's trans, she's amazing. She created Nikki. So if it wasn't for Nori being in the writer's room and speaking up and pitching a trans character, I wouldn't be here. So it all comes back to Nori Reed. Mm. Um, so I always have to give her her props when I, whenever someone asks me about Raven's Home. Well, and well, we can, because uh, we want to talk about about that too, like the importance of representation, both like in front of and behind the camera as well. But real quick, I have like a very important question, which is, did you get to tell Raven that you'd been best friends since you were a child? Because like she's psychic, she might have known. She might have known. I think she did. You don't know. So real story, like real, real. Yes and no. I gave, I told her the story on our second week together, our second episode. We were, it was one of our shoot dates because as you know, Raven's Home is a sitcom. It's basically like live theater. Like it's Monday morning table read, Tuesday you rehearse with three rights, Wednesday you rehearse with three rights, Thursday or Friday you tape. So you're, for every episode, you know, we're together that entire week. And my first week, a, I'm scared shitless. It's my first sitcom. I, someone know what, like, I know how to act, but, you know, it's, a sitcom's very specific in terms of, of how everything is done. You know, the cameras don't follow you. You're not mic'd. You have to project, like, all these things. And, and I'm in the room with, like, my childhood dream person. Like, this is my childhood best friend. This is a version of the show I always dreamed of being on. And I'm doing it on the season where we're using like the original set, like the chill grill and Raven's dad is in it. And Raven's mom came back. Like it's and um, Adrian Bylon's in it, who uh, plays Alana, who was in the original. That's a Raven. So I was just so overwhelmed that first week of not messing up. There's so much pressure when you're doing a sitcom because you have to deliver from the second you're doing a table read. Like, when you sit down and read through that episode for the first time casually, it's not even casual. Like the entire team is watching you. And if you don't deliver a line the way it's written, if you're not selling the joke, they go and rewrite it. <laughs> so it's a lot of oh, pressure. Wow. And if you know if that happens too often, then that's when people get recast. So because it's <laughs> like this person's not delivering, like they're not able to deliver the jokes and be funny. So it's a lot of pressure. Um, but back to your question, I was, you know, scared shitless that entire week, my first week, and I wanted to be professional. I didn't want to bombard Raven. And, you know, so that first week, I really left it up to her how much we interacted. Because again, she's also an executive producer. She's overseeing things. She's her name. It's her name on the show. She's been doing this for years. She's used to new actors coming in and out. Um, she's also probably used to people trying to use her. And I just... 
I wanted to do a good job and I wanted her to see that I was professional. That was like my most important thing. Yeah. Our second week is when she kind of then gave me the green light to like have fun with her and joke, which is when we really started to bond and had we truly have more fun in between like on rehearsals and in between takes and we do like filming it. I mean, filming it's fun, but Raven's just hilarious 24 seven. And so when I told her about my childhood and how <laughs> life-changing it was for me to be there, we there's an episode where Raven and I are wearing disguises. We're wearing these hideous orange, mm-hmm. hot, like the worst orange you've ever seen in your life, <laughs> these orange bobs. And we're in these like trench coats, like Carmen Sandiego vibes, like in disguise. And we go to do our COVID test. This is like the day we're shooting. We go to do our COVID test because we have to do COVID tests. And literally we're just walking in these orange wigs and these costumes. And I'm like, hey, can I talk to you for a second? (laughs) She's like, yeah, what's up? And I gave her the whole story. The whole story. And the whole time I'm trying not to like cry. And I'm like, I was like, girl, for real, you were my best friend in my mind for years. And I told her, I, I just said, I'm, I'm beyond thankful for, for the opportunity. And I explained, I know I shared with her how much it means to me to not only be on a version of my favorite childhood show, but I get to do it authentically as myself. I'm not pretending to be anybody else. And my character is trans, which is awesome. And her response, I was expecting this, like, I don't know, like a hug and like, of course, and all this stuff. And her response was like, girl, you got this because you're talented. Like, that was it. <laughs> and I was like, okay, that was a little underwhelming, but I'll take it. <laughs> um, no, but she's great. Raven is truly, truly great. Amazing. I love to. I actually, I did watch that episode. I feel like that, like, how was that for you? Because I, like, I'm a huge That's So Raven fan as well. And I feel like that's a big thing of the show is, like, all the ridiculous costumes that Raven and Chelsea used to, like, get up to crazy yeah. shit. And then, like, you get to be, like, doing that ridiculous shit with Raven like that also is must be so fun honestly that's the best part anytime I get a new script the first thing I do is just like really skim it really fast to see if I get to wear anything like super fun Mm -hmm. and when I read that episode and I knew I was gonna get to wear a disguise with Raven I was like okay (laughs) I made it like this is this is real that's so Raven like if you get to wear a disguise you made it so yeah it's a lot of fun it's it's not easy. Like that wig, you think I just plopped it on, but no, like it was like two hours of me in the chair, like getting my hair like pinned a certain way and then wearing the wig. And also what a lot of people don't, actually nobody knows this, that episode without me knowing, of course, at the time, that episode I had COVID. Oh my God. And I did not know. I did not find out (laughs) until (laughs) that night I get home and Disney calls me and they're like, you have COVID. Like you're positive. And I was like, oh my God. No wonder. Oh my God. No wonder my energy was so low. I mean, I wasn't feeling sick. Obviously, if I was feeling sick, I would not have shown up to work. Anyway, so just a little behind the scenes story. Behind the scenes. You heard it here. COVID scoops. Yes. (laughs) There must be, you know what's crazy though? It's like there must be so many episodes of things these days where that's the case. Because it's like there's so much testing in hot like I feel like Hollywood's one of the few places that's still COVID protocol on these sets is no 
joke. Like we, from the second we step onto that, onto the studio a lot, like we have to wear masks. Like all of our rehearsals, we're wearing masks, which makes it very difficult because you don't, you know, this is a comedic show and you don't get to see what people are really doing or how they're expressing their face until the day of taping. So you don't even really know if it's working or not because we're masked the entire time. Um, but yeah, shout out to our COVID team. They're amazing. They keep us all safe. But I unfortunately, and not knowing, had COVID that episode. And then Disney called me and they're like, we need to do contact tracing. Who have you been? I'm like, I just spent 12 hours on set breathing into Raven's face. So you might want to call her. <laughs> and also, don't tell her it was me because <laughs> I don't want her to hate me. <laughs> You're like, start with number one, my bestie. Um, start with also. my best friend. Uh, but luckily, nobody, nobody got it. I did not get anybody sick. Anyway, that's not the point of the story. <laughs> Is that okay? But I'm curious now because because you're in those episodes and then there's sort of like a a gap, right? Until Nikki comes back. Is that part of it or was that like already planned? No, 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 no. That had nothing to do with me. Okay. That the day I found out I had it was actually my last day taping. I did my first two episodes like back to back. Then I had to leave to do a film for the film for Netflix in Nevada. And then I came back and did the rest of my episodes. So it was like, I did my episode, got sick, took a break, went and did the film, came back and finished Raven's Home. I mean, all in all, though, like, great timing. <laughs> great timing. <laughs> great great, great timing. choice. Good choice. Um, you know, as far as choices uh, that come with, um, you know, getting COVID, good timing. And so then you got to come back, and those are the episodes that we will talk a little bit about, even though Ellie and I haven't gotten to see them yet because they haven't. I guess they're up on, uh, well, of course, we're recording a little in advance, everyone, so uh, they will be long out by the time this releases. Is that right? Wait, you just At went least, over Ellie, yeah, and I've already One forgotten. of the episodes will be out by the time this, like the episode okay. where they explicitly talk about Nikki being trans, which we would love for you to talk about. Like, how was filming that episode? Absolutely. So, like you said, you know, the first episodes, I don't say I'm trans. I kind of love that about Nikki and love that Disney is the team at Ravenstone kind of did it this way where it's, and even when it does get brought up, it's not because it's an issue. So I'll, I'll tell you how it happens since by the time this airs, everybody will have seen it. So how it happened was, you know, the week before I had, uh, I had just finished rehearsal with Raven and the showrunners came up to me and they said, Hey, can you come sit with us and talk to us? And I was like, Oh shit, I'm getting fired. Yeah. It, that's like the, we need to talk kind literally, of vibe that you're literally. like, um, and it, sure. it had never, it never happened. Like, obviously like I've, had chats with the showrunners but they're like casual it's not like coming up to me and like we need to talk so I was like oh shit I'm being recast um <laughs> I failed um but luckily that wasn't the case we sat down and they said this is Scott Thomas and Jed Elenoff who are the showrunners and I have to give them props for handling it this way they sat me down and they said hey Nikki is going to disclose that she's trans in one of the upcoming episodes we, first of all, we want to get your feedback on if you're comfortable with that, which right off the bat, I was like, okay, this is a good start. Yeah. Because, you know, most, most productions will be like, no, this is what you're doing. 
you want to play the role, you have to do this. But they asked me, they were like, hey, are you comfortable with this? And I was like, well, how is it being written? And they sent me the script in advance, like earlier than usual, so I could read it. And I read it and it was perfect. Again, that was all Nori's doing. Mm-hmm. And that's how I, I already kind of knew I'd be, I'd be happy with it and I would be safe because I knew I had Nori writing it. And she didn't write that episode, but she helped write that bit because it was so important, obviously, for her to also have a voice in it. And it is genius because it's so simple. And how it happens, um, spoiler alert, spoiler alert, spoiler alert, spoiler alert, (laughs) if you don't want to know before seeing it, how it happens is Raven and I are going to Donna Cabana's fashion factory if you watch That's a Raven, you know who Donna Cabana is. She is back on Raven's home. She is like Raven's fashion nemesis, basically. We're going to Donna Cabana's uh, fashion factory, and I am excited because I love fashion. Nikki loves fashion, and I stop Raven, and I say, hey, Raven, I, you know, I really want to go with you, but I'm nervous. Do you think people will know that I'm different? By the way, I'm like paraphrasing because it's been so long, I don't remember the exact words. And Raven says something along the lines of, oh, I I know what this is. You know, you're not different because you're transgender. That actually makes you amazing and beautiful. And, you know, she gives that little sentence. And the whole time I'm just like deadpan staring at her like, what are you talking about? And then my response is literally, "Uh, no, I'm not different because I'm trans. I'm different because I'm an heiress. And I don't want people to think that I'm not better than them. That is literally how I disclose being trans on Disney Channel. Um, Incredible. So yeah, so we don't make it a big deal. I don't know if if in future episodes they will, you know, dive into it more. But in my personal opinion, I thought this was perfect because the whole point of seeing Nikki on the show is to is for people to see that we are human. We live normal everyday lives. I mean, not all of us are heiresses and have. <laughs> you know, thousands of dollars in a trust fund like Nikki does. But to see a trans character who is just being herself, living her life, living her fabulous fantasy life, and to see that on the show, you know, even the way Raven approaches it is like, girl, like, no, like, you're amazing, you're beautiful. It, to me, it was perfect. And I'm really grateful, A, that they approached me first to kind of clear it with me first, because it just, it made me feel safe, which has been amazing on the show to feel like you're actually welcomed um, and supported. Because let's be real, Disney has not always been perfect. There was the whole don't say gay drama. I'm sure all the reps at Disney right now are like clenching their pearls um, (laughs) as to what I'm about to say. Um... Yeah, all the Disney reps who are also um, big fans of our show, just like our five-year-old uh, yeah. audience. Listen, you know. Disney has eyes and ears everywhere. Um, let me tell you. <laughs> Listen to the Disney rep assigned to our podcast. Hey. <laughs> hey, girl. Hey, hey, boy. Hey, hey, yes. hey. Yeah, so Disney has not always been great. I mean, obviously, like, it took this long to get a trans person on Disney Channel not knocking you Disney don't fire me I still love you I support you I'm very proud of you but you know Nikki came like 
a few months after that whole drama with the Don't Say Gay. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk turned traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. So when I went in, you know, to go for like my first week, I part of what made me so nervous and scared and like got into my head was I didn't know how people were truly going to react towards me being there. Like, were people going to treat me like you're just a tick in a box that we have to tick and we don't really want you here, but we just have to do this for, for show? Or are they going to treat me like, no, like we are like honored to have you here and so grateful luckily it was that they were so excited to have me there and they made me feel safe from the get-go and and you know raven who's very outspoken um and a big part of our rainbow community and also uh, i don't know if a lot of people notice not that this is like a big deal but it is for me when i walked on the set first time if you watch the scenes with the chill girl there is a queer pride flag like sticker, like right underneath the chill girl sign on the chill girl door. And when oh, I walked cool. onto set and saw that, I was like, that was not on that so raven. <laughs> that <laughs> Definitely not. Odd. Oh my God. Can you imagine? Though it should have been. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, another fun, fun little story that people don't know is that the cast didn't know there was going to be a trans character or actor until I opened my mouth and read the lines in the first table read. And I felt everybody's eyes just like shoot towards me and they were like dead staring at me. And I'm like, y'all okay? What's <laughs> happening? Uh, yeah, nobody knew. Uh, That's and I, incredible. And I didn't know that until I was in, in one of the dressing rooms with one of the actors, Felix, and some of the other people who plays Neil. And they're like, wait, Nikki's trans? And I was like, yes. And they're like, we had no idea. I was like, surprise. Because <laughs> um, again, we, it, we didn't make it a thing. Obviously now the world knows Nikki is trans and that has been quite interesting. A lot of, yeah. a lot of uh, obviously amazing love. Also a lot of hate, as you can imagine with yeah. it being a show on Disney Channel, which so many um, conservative people watch. So many parents who feel a certain way about their children being exposed mm-hmm. to things, which I don't know what we're exposing them to. Like yeah. Yeah. a People? girl being a horrible assistant, like <laughs> and having fun and wearing ugly orange wigs. Listen, How as a dare parent, they? as a parent, can I just say that by far the most offensive thing to me that my you know that my kids might pick up from Nikki is um, work ethic far more. <laughs> <laughs> Far more than anything else, uh, like gender identity. Who fucking cares, man? <laughs> yeah, she's not. She's not the um, most gifted person, but she ends up saving the day. Sure, but if parents wanted to like pick it outside Disney and be like, you know, Nikki's bad at her job, like fine. Yeah. Fair play, <laughs> fair play to you guys. Yeah. You know, but, but every, um... every time I get those messages, like I'm. You know, I'm never letting my kids watch Disney Channel again. I'm like, 
really yeah yeah well and you know what's so funny though because i mean like sure listen i feel like everyone all of our listeners i'm sure understand the concept of like yeah disney's not had a spectacular track record that doesn't mean we're not gonna be like clap golf clap congrats when you get it right because it's important to recognize when you are getting it right especially when you have a history of not always getting it right um and so that's why it's like because you know i feel like we're having a similar conversation right now about this as we are and what i what i love is like in so this is season six right so in our sixth season of our podcast right now we're seven episodes in Two of those episodes so far have been talking about specifically trans rep featuring trans actors in shows that are like young adult, like kids shows. And and one of them is this and the other one is um, is Dead End Paranormal Park on Netflix. And I mean, Netflix also historically done fucked up a lot with <laughs> with queer and trans rep and like stop canceling all our fucking shows Netflix but <laughs> that's not the point I'm getting at I'm just gonna swallow my feelings about it um, my point I'm getting at is that it's just it's I love that there is like you can still feel sort of a shift happening even though it's slow and it might not be enough but like I love that the shift is happening specifically with shows for like kids younger audiences and like yes I certainly you know like we are well aware of the position that that's gonna put like people like like the trailblaze like people like you who are out there like I'm blazing this trail for everyone else you know and like it's the the dual side of that role sure of like you get to be the first but that also means you're the first and you're gonna like take that brunt of that first wave uh, of pushback against it also (laughs) it will be less the next time and it's it like the reality is like yeah you're gonna get that pushback from parents because the truth of the matter is that when kids grow up watching this stuff it is going to change their little minds into realizing that this is this is not a big thing like that's exactly what I like what I was just saying is like you're exposing them to what people other people how dare you like (laughs) You monsters, right? But, like, that's what they're going to see growing up is, like, this is not a thing. It doesn't have to be a thing. And it's just, like, as as much as I, I like, we can, we'll talk about the, the both sides of that, sure. But, like, uh, it's just, like, for me as a parent to be, like, yes, oh, my God. Like, it's, it's going to be so weird to watch the media landscape that my kids are going to grow up with compared to like the media landscape we grew up with where like exactly what you were saying like you know yeah when I was a kid watching That's So Raven like would never even have have like entered the thought process of my mind to be like wow imagine seeing a trans character on this show or like a gay character on this show like just yeah. no you were like well it's a Disney Channel show like that's silly <laughs> yeah and that, that's the to re- yes okay so two things. <laughs> sorry I just said so many things at you I know yeah <laughs> Two things, absolutely, which is why I don't let it bother me. Like my my favorite, um, I don't remember who it was. My favorite news headline was like Disney's new degenerate Juliana. I'm like, wow. <laughs> oh my god! Wait, I cannot. Who was it? And can we? We'll no, find, no, no, we'll no. Find laugh, it. Also, laugh, no, but also, laugh. no, but you need to make shirts that say degenerate Juliana. And honestly, I'm gonna yes. make a T-shirt out of it. Please, I should make a T-shirt out of it. <laughs> 
Um, but it doesn't. No, wait. Me. Sorry. Can you make a T-shirt that says Disney Channel's number one degenerate? Yes. <laughs> Please. I, I really will. It doesn't bother me ever because oh, I'm an evolved human being. Like I've been through so much shit to be who I am. And I truly understand humanity and people walking in their truth, you know. And for me, the important thing is the kid watching the show who mm -hmm. is going to feel like their life is even possible just because they saw a small character like Nikki. Because for me, had I had that growing up, my life would be so different. That's that's what I'm saying. Like, that's what kills me is, you know, like you you talked so much at the top of this about like, oh, my God, I grew up like Raven was my best friend. Like I was obsessed with this show and I never could have imagined myself here. And and like because it's the thing that kills me all the time now is to know how so many of us grew up and what our experience of watching these shows was and the like you know just non-existent representation that we had and I still do it like even I was listening to an episode that we recorded a little bit ago in our bookend and like we talked about like oh here's like you know gay stuff happening in the world um but where we talked to Ellie about um like how Peppa Pig introduced like two new characters that are like gay polar bear bombs or something and I was just like man like it is so wild to like have kids who are watching yeah like kid like peppa pig i'm like you could not gear that towards younger children you know i'm like my kids are like three and four years old and they're gonna get to watch shows where it's just like oh and here's so and so and they're two moms and like what's the big deal you know and i'm just like wow like sometimes i still you just have those moments where you're like wow like there are gonna be kids who grow up where like raven's home is they're that's so raven and they're just gonna get to see like a trans character like it's like and, and they're going to be like, Nikki is my imaginary best friend. Yeah. <laughs> I can't wait. I really can't wait for that moment. But it's amazing, right? Like, it's amazing. It really is amazing, which is what just baffles me with, like, these parents who get so over themselves with knowing that I'm on the show. It's like, I'm Nikki isn't on the show telling kids how to transition and take mm -hmm. hormones and all of those things. Yeah. Nikki is purely existing. All, all Nikki is showing the world is that there are people like her in the world. Mm -hmm. So for you to get so <laughs> upset that your kid is seeing what they're going to see growing up, they're going to have trans classmates. They're going to have trans teachers. They're going to have yeah. trans boyfriends and girlfriends. They might be trans themselves. Like seeing Nikki is not <laughs> going to force your child to transition it's just showing them that trans people exist in the world and here's what i think is the funniest thing especially when you do like when when shows do like kind of nail it in ways where it's like even without having seen seen the episode where like you know nikki sort of like officially comes out as trans canonically yet the reason that i already know that it's just like it's gonna have nailed it even if they had like completely dropped the ball on the coming out dialogue like the the reason that it still did something right is that these parents didn't care until that episode. And you know what? Nikki was just as trans <laughs> the first two episodes. <laughs> and like, here's the thing that like, as soon as you cast your representation authentically, 
you automatically get that win, right? Because it's like, yeah. listen, if Nikki didn't bother you when she was just being like a ditzy bad at her job, like airhead in the first two episodes, she was trans then too. <laughs> and if it, it wasn't a big deal then, it's equally not a big deal now that she said it. It doesn't matter. You know what's going to piss them off even more? Which you guys are the first to hear this. Oh my god, an, an exclusive. We love it. <laughs> yes, please. Nikki is officially back in season six of Raven's Home. Yes! yes! We just and of course renewed. she's back with tips on how to transition. I mean, obviously. <laughs> oh, obviously. Um, get your notes, pa- notepads ready. I'm going <laughs> to teach you about um, HRT. Um, <laughs> Kelly, get the big notepad ready. <laughs> um, yeah, so we, we just got officially renewed for season six, like, I don't know, like a month or two ago. But I literally did not find out I was a part of season six up until like two days ago. So that we is love so an exclusive. That's very incredible. exciting. I also I know we've like we've we've been talking about this, but I want to specifically talk about just the point of Nikki being a character who lives in this world and also experiences joy. Like we have seen, uh, we talk about this in our show constantly. But like, there's a huge history of LGBTQ rep that is depressing as hell. Right. Is like if you are a member of the community, here's the life you can expect to live and it's going to be depressing and horrible and like you will be persecuted because of it. And like, of course, that still very much exists. Here's your old timey early death. Yeah. Yeah. okay. (laughs) But I think like the more we see that it's possible to be trans and live a happy life. That in itself is so important. So to have a trans character on like a comedy, on a sitcom, I feel like is also a huge win. Like the particular way that we have Nikki portrayed. It definitely is. Because like you said, you know, in the past, you know, the majority of our representation when it comes to, you know, trans women specifically is we're the corpse on Law and, Law and Order SVU. We're the junkie. We're the prostitute. We're the murder victim. Mm-hmm. We get, you know, thrown on the streets by our families. We're homeless. We have to sell our bodies. Those, which, yes, a lot of those stories are very real for our community. But those stories will never change in real life until we change them in media. Mm-hmm. Yes. And what I mean by that is the reality is, is that the majority of the people on this planet do not know, have never met a trans person, let alone knows one personally. So how they're going to base their views like most people do in this world is by what they see in media. And to be a community, to be trans in a world where, you know, we just, when we're living in a world where we have lawmakers telling us we don't deserve basic human rights. And you add that to media not representing us positively or barely at all. How else do you think people are going to form their opinions towards us and treat us? Mm-hmm. You know, I always, I always explain it in the way of like the Cosby show. Before the Cosby show, the majority of the world had not ever seen a black family living a normal, successful life where the dad is a doctor, the wife is a lawyer, or I don't remember what her job was. And they're living in this beautiful house and have the kids that go to college. Like up until that point, nobody saw that on TV. And it shifted people's 
ideas and views of the Black family. It's the same thing with us. Until we start seeing positive representation of trans people, which is why it matters, our, the societal shift is not going to happen. Because unfortunately, that's where we put all our eggs in, is TV. We, we have TV tell us how to treat people. <laughs> I don't, I've never understood that, but <laughs> it's the truth. And for us, as exhausting as it is, and on the flip side of that, these dark stories we see are also a reality of our experience mm-hmm. of trans people having to, you know, sell their bodies in order to survive, um, trans people being abused, trans people being murdered. Those are all real. And mm-hmm. those stories should be told too. But we need to get to a place where it's kind of even so mm-hmm. that the dark stories won't matter as much because there's so many positive stories as well, because we're human. I'm not saying that every single role that's, you know, written from now on needs to be absolutely perfect for a trans person. No, because we go through what everybody else goes through. But we need to get to a point where where, where we can play the dark roles without having to worry about it affecting our personal lives so much. You know what's you know what's great about Nikki too is like because it's another thing that I feel like you hear so often just to, you know as like one of those like oh the the devil's advocatey pushback you know and it's like because we constantly say that we're like hey you know please stop writing like queer characters who like just get killed off or like have mm-hmm. these sad depressing lives or whatever and so I feel like it's also this thing where people are always like oh you know like my, the minority communities and like they can't be the butt of the joke and the whatever and like you can't like make fun and it's like that's absolutely not true like Nikki is a ridiculous character <laughs> in so many ways you know and it's like but what's ridiculous about her isn't that she's trans and like that's mm-hmm that's the thing you know is like that's the piece that people miss so often where it's like yeah absolutely just like yeah write them like you would write any other character yeah. like nikki is the butt of the joke all the time yes exactly she sucks at her job <laughs> <laughs> not because of who she is exactly and it's like can you because the thing is if you did it the other way around it would look so insane Right. Like, can you imagine if you wrote a character where you were just like the the punchline of every joke is like because they're straight and you're like, what? Like, what are you even talking about? Like, yeah, don't do that. Don't 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 do that. That's bad. But like you can make your characters like everything doesn't always have to be like and they are a sparkling sunshine human being who's good at everything and the best in every way possible and nothing bad ever happens to them like no it doesn't it doesn't have to be that like your character can be vapid terrible at their job like they can be all sorts of stuff and like and you can write characters where bad things happen to them sure like that you know like cuz we i mean we talk about that all all the time is like you can have things happen to your characters where you're like oh no like you don't have a happy ending like it's fine we're not going to complain every time as long as it's not just like well it was the 1800s and you were a lesbian so you died like yep. what no don't do that like yeah write trans characters who are the worst employee <laughs> you've ever hired um, and or not hired, you know, whatever, like yeah. the worst employee who showed up and happened to not be a puppet, whatever. 
Yeah. And we also need to see trans character or trans actors playing cis characters. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Where's that mm-hmm. at? Yes. 90, 97% of my auditions are for cis characters. Yeah. But it's so difficult to book a cis role as a trans person. But like your agent is sending you cis roles. So like hopefully yeah. there's a shifting tide of like that this is going to be more prevalent. Yeah. It's just, it's it's bizarre what you hear behind the doors in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. I've had auditions for trans characters where I've been told, you don't look trans enough to play this role. Oh my God. Oh, come on. And I'm like, excuse me? What do you want me to look like? But I know what they're saying. Yeah. In this, the year of our Lord, 2022. Like- yeah. I know what they're saying. They're saying, we want to hire a man in a wig, but we know we'll get canceled if we hire a man in a wig because what we really want is to create this sort of like shock around the character. But it just, it irks me when I hear that. Yeah. And then on the flip side, I'll audition for some cis roles and it's, but you're trans. And I'm like, and? I'm an actor. Yeah. Especially since like Hollywood has been casting cis people in trans roles forever. Okay, you didn't have an issue with that. <laughs> like, you gave them Academy yeah. Awards mm-hmm. for doing that. Yes, it's so funny because we literally, so we do like one of our recurring segments uh, that we do on the show is we talk about like, we call them lessentials and they're like movies that are actually queer. And uh, and we just, uh, a couple episodes back, we just did one and we did sort of like a throwback, like queer movie and we watched um, and talked about Better Than Chocolate. And uh, and I don't know if you've seen Better Than Chocolate, but mm-hmm. it does have a trans woman character who's played by a cis man. And like, and you know, it was a movie that came out in what, like ninety nine, Ellie. Like, when did that? You know, yeah, I mean, yeah. so it was it was dated in a lot of ways. There's a lot of it that still holds up. They they actually treated the character like extremely well. I mean, it was more like kind of indie film. So like the character was really well written, and there were a lot of things that were done super well. But we're like, but it was 1999 and like that's still what you were gonna get was a dude in a wig right and like and it's just so sad because we just talked about it when we were doing that movie where we were like yeah I mean like you can't do that now like I get that that was you know 20 something odd years ago that you're just like okay I mean that's what you that's the best you could hope for at the time honestly was like a well-treated character that was cast badly but like you can't do that now but it's like okay but they still are (laughs) but they still are looking for that and because so many you know like you're still dealing with a a whole I mean a whole generation of like you know execs and whatever who like that's what they imagine in their heads you know like that's what they think this is gonna look like and you're like oh people just like look out literally just open your door (laughs) open your door and look outside like that's not the world anymore you know and it's just like it's so sad and you kind of want to like beat them over the head with it but I think that's why it's so great to know that like yeah people are going to be growing up with such different representation and such different like opportunities even if it's not everywhere even if it's not like every show and it's not everybody getting it right all of the time it's just like 
Uh, I don't know. It's like sometimes you just want to be like, sigh, yay. <laughs> you know? yeah. It's like both of them at the same time is sort of where I'm at sometimes with it. But that's why it makes me so happy because like, to be honest, you know, we were just saying like the episode where Nikki comes out, like we it uh, we hadn't seen it yet because it hasn't. I think you said it's out on Disney Plus, but it's not out on cable mm-hmm. yet. So yeah, it's like to me, it was so fun to just be like, oh, so cool. Like here's a character who's like trans played by a trans actress and like it's not even worth mentioning. <laughs> You know, I'm like, you haven't even come out and said it. And like, honestly, if you never had, I'm still cool with it. Like, obviously, it's cool that you did. And like, I'm super excited to watch that uh, that episode, too. But it's like, either way, it just doesn't matter because like, it's just the, like the rep is still there and it's still authentic and it's still real and it's still there for kids to see it. And that's it's all good. I totally agree. And I would have been completely fine if Nikki didn't say she was trans. There's this weird thing happening in our community <laughs> where I, and I get it. Some people like need like f- for things specifically to be seen and be said and happen. But I remember when Nikki first was announced and all the press came out and people watched the first episode, there were like so many people livid that she didn't talk about being trans, that she never said it. And I was like, I have to say it. For it yeah. to be real, for me to be real, like what, like it's it's a weird. I don't I don't know what that is. I can't yeah. really speak to it. It's it's a pocket of our community that I think wants extreme representation. I totally get it, and I I, I understand it in 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 some ways. But when I read all those comments, I was just like, guys, like first of all, yeah, it was her first episode. Like, give her a minute. <laughs> Yeah. Do you just walk into a room and say, hi, I'm Juliana, I'm trans? No. <laughs> and if no. you do, good for you. But that's not what I do. Yeah. Uh, because it's not my full identity. Like, it's just a part of my story. But when yeah. I read all those comments, I was like, Jesus, you can't win. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it like it is tough. Our community, like the straights are tough, but like our community is really difficult as well. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, it's like yeah like back off straights can... we've got our own shit that we're yeah, all yeah, dealing yeah. with <laughs> like we already have let us deal with our own garbage our first yeah. Yeah, yeah. oh man but yeah i mean i feel like we have we've discussed a lot about nikki in what we've seen so far before we wrap up you said nikki's gonna be in season six which is super exciting what are some of the things you would love to see for your character moving forward and then also just like for yourself as an actress you mean besides a Nikki spinoff? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's what I really want to see. I think for Nikki, there's two things I really want to see. I would love to see, and obviously it's Disney, so you you can't go too far with it. And I would I don't it would have to be a new character on the show because everybody else is a minor. But I would love to see Nikki even have just like one episode where she's like on a date or something. Mm-hmm. Like some sort of like somewhat of a love story. Obviously, more scenes with Raven because when we're together is when the magic happens. Mm-hmm. But I would I'd really love to see Nikki have scenes with Michael Michelle, who plays Alice, who plays mm-hmm. Raven's niece, because she's the smartest one on the show. Mm-hmm. And that little girl can act. Yeah. She's so talented and so funny and even when you watch her in rehearsals she walks around with her she reads her sides off of a little like 
a little kid's iPad. And the rest of us have, like, the printed script. And she walks around her little iPad. And she never misses her mark. Like, she's so... That girl is going to be one of the biggest stars in the future because she's so talented. But I would... I think it would be so funny to see her interact with Nikki because Nikki is... I don't want to say dumb, but she's very aloof and not the Mm -hmm. brightest. And Alice is so smart and so young. So I feel like that would be, like, comedic gold if we saw them together. Besides that, for me, personally, as an actress... I say this all the time because I'm trying to manifest this shit. (laughs) So if you know anybody, call them. My gold star in my career is to be a Marvel superhero. Nice. I'm a nerd. I'm a nerd. I love superheroes. I love comics. It's what I've always dreamed of. I don't need to be the first. I do not need to be the first. I just want to be a superhero in the Marvel verse. I'll also be the villain. I can be the (laughs) villain. I play evil very well. Nice. So I would love to see that. Give us a give us like an evil <laughs> laugh, an evil catchphrase. What would you what would we be working with here? Oh gosh, you're putting me on the spot. What if Sarah yeah. sees this? No, 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 no. We're not going. We're not going. <laughs> all right, all right, wait on. But well, have you have you seen She Hulk? Have you been watching that show on? I feel like She Hulk season two would be if you were on it because I'm like I love Tatiana Maslany. She's the one who's playing She Hulk. I feel like you could. You could rock something in the She-Hulk universe. I would love to. Besides that, I would also love to do... I would love to do a trans on trans love story. We rarely ever get to see that. Or even if I got to be like on Euphoria and play Hunter Schaefer's girlfriend. Yes. Down for that too. (laughs) Um, But my dream would be to, to have a film a beautiful film made that is like a trans on trans love story. I love that. It could be a trans man. It could be a trans woman. I don't care. Because again, we don't really get to see that. And trans love in between us is real and very common in our community. It didn't work out for me personally, but. (laughs) (laughs) That's okay. Would you write it yourself or you just want to be in it? I would write it. I started. And it, awesome. initially, it, it started as in the pitch deck. It was a love story between me and Zoe Kravitz. So you're also just manifesting that. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, so absolutely. I'm just going to keep writing things. I got my best friend. Now let me see who I want my love interest to be. <laughs> yeah. Do you have like a special book that you're writing these in that we need to know about? <laughs> it's clearly working. I There's know. So right? There are only so <laughs> many. The um, there are only so many trans roles written. And the majority of those aren't even written by trans people, at least the ones that get greenlit. So I have to start just creating my own things of what I want to be in and see. Obviously, I can't create a superhero role for myself because I want to be a Marvel. But I can create love stories for myself. I want to do a rom-com. I want to do a really dark, depressing indie film. Like, I want to do it all. But at the rate Hollywood's going, I'm going to have to write that shit myself. (laughs) Yeah, but tell well while you're saying that though, um, tell us a little because you do have a you have a bunch of stuff that coming up. Like we've read your bio at the top, you got like a million things coming out. Uh, the ones that I'm uh, legally contractually allowed to share, yes. Uh, I still have more episodes on Raven's Home. My favorite episode is coming up, the one where we go to the fashion factory with Donna Cavana, but specifically because Mario Cantone is in that episode. For those who don't know who Mario Cantone is, he is the one of the funniest actors 
I've ever seen on TV. Everybody knows him from Sex in the City and and just like that. He's hilarious. He's comedic gold. So there's that. American Jiggle has already started airing. I play Zoe, who is nothing like Nikki. She's living on the streets in Venice with her pit bull and is a cutter and she's uh, she's the darker side of the yeah. <laughs> of the sure, story. Sure, sure. And then I'm really excited for the Blumhouse film. It's called Absolute Dominion, which I think comes out early next year. It's not a horror film. Everybody assumes it's horror because I say because it's Blumhouse. Uh, but it's actually like this like futuristic world where you know, most of the society has torn, each, torn itself apart because of religion. There's a fighter that represents each religion. There's a giant tournament. Whoever wins that tournament, the entire world is forced to give up their beliefs and take on the fighter's beliefs. It's like the religious Hunger Games, basically. Mm. But that is why I was in Nevada for two months. Miserable. So that's coming out, and I'm excited to see that. And then hopefully be in the following two, because it's supposed to be like a three-part film series. Luckily, I didn't die in the first one. So that's a good start. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) The odds are are a little bit better for you. The odds are much better for me. So yeah, so uh, keep watching Disney. Keep watching Raven's Home. Nikki's back for season six, and she still has more episodes on season five. And then follow me on Instagram, for when I announce the projects that I'm allowed, whenever I'm allowed to announce them. And until then, light a candle, say a prayer that Marvel calls, <laughs> whatever you do, whatever you okay, believe in, whoever you believe in. Do you have, do you have anyone in mind? Like who would you want to play? I feel like it would have to be a new character. A new one. Okay. But also like, it doesn't have to be a trans character either. You know, it so, does like, not. It would be amazing to be a trans character, but it does not need to be a trans character. I'll take any character. I just want to be a Marvel. I want to wear the suit. The other project I really want to be in, I don't know if you guys have watched it. It's Sandman on Netflix based off a comic book. There is a trans character that comes in season two if they get renewed for season two, which I imagine they will because their numbers were insane. I would love to play that character. Maybe I should start tweeting people. (laughs) Yeah, just start the campaigns. We got this going. All right. So before we wrap up, we're just going to do a quick Q&A, which is just multiple choice, yes or no questions. We're going to ask you when we put them on our Twitter for our listeners. Are you ready? Q. Q. And. Gay. Question number one. What's your Raven show? A, That's So Raven, or B, Raven's Home? Tough question. Tough question. That's So Raven. (laughs) Whisper it. That's a Raven is classic, but I I do have a soft spot in my heart for Raven's Home as well. It still has all of the like the beautiful parts that made That's a Raven so great. It does, which is why I love it, and which is why I think so. People still watch it because it's not mm-hmm. just it's watching it; it's our generation still watching it. Oh yeah, I watch it. <laughs> like I have been watching it. It's still funny. Raven is still hilarious. We obviously tackle some topics without being like too extreme. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I totally get it. I, I love Raven's Home. I love being a part of it. It's a dream come true. But that's a Raven is what started it all. So oh, I yeah. Understand. I mean, it's a, it's a it's classic. A classic. You can't go wrong. I know. 
Question two, Juliana. What are your dreams for Nikki next season out of A, more costumes, B, romance, or C, being better at her job? Definitely not C. <laughs> no one wants that. That would make my job as an actor more difficult. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, it's much easier when I can just be bad at my job. Uh, definitely not C. I would love to see romance. Again, a little complicated on Raven's Home because everybody's a minor uh but so we would have to introduce someone new and then definitely more costumes i want to wear all the disguises i want to live in a fantasy world all right question number three what early disney channel show did you dream of being on a that's so raven b even stevens c lizzie mcguire or d wizards of waverly place that's so raven you're living the dream i'm literally living my dream (laughs) Lizzie McGuire, Lizzie McGuire is a close second. That's fair. Close. That's fair. I, you're going to notice these might all be um, a little biased for your answers. That's okay. I was going to say. <laughs> well, it's because it, we want to get your answers on the record, but we're also going to put them up on our Twitter for all of our yeah. listeners to answer. So question four, no, no bias here. What's your favorite kids, young adult trans rep on TV right now out of A, Raven's Home, B, Dead End Paranormal Park, or C, Owl House? Raven's home. <laughs> good, good, good. No bias. No bias, no bias here. No bias. All no right. Bias. Question number five. Which Marvel character do you want to play? A, Squirrel Girl. B, Amora the Enchantress. C, Moon Dragon. Or D, Gwenpool. Listen, I want you to know that I did really quick have to look up who are Marvel characters who have not yet debuted in the MCU. So I'm just giving you some options. You don't even need to know anything about the characters. Just pick like the coolest name. <laughs> I mean, Amora the Enchantress sounds dope. Right? Yeah. It does sound dope. I will say, though, just as as like some context, as I scrolled by the characters in this list, Moondragon is the one where they say that they think that they'll never premiere her in the MCU because she's too gay for Disney's red state-friendly sensibilities. So just throwing that out there. <laughs> I don't know who any of these characters are personally, but um, yeah. Mm. Can you really ever be too gay, though? You know what I mean? Like For what our is... sensibilities? Never. Yeah, 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 yeah. The limit does not exist. It does not exist. Incredible. Oh, my Thank gosh. You. Imagine if Nikki came out as a lesbian. People would die. People would flip. Oh, my God. <laughs> Literally, just you're just putting, like, parents in red states, like, just, uh, they'd lose their minds. I think I they would just sort get, of, like, like keel over. seven security. <laughs> yeah. Not good. Do it. Oh, God. Do it. It'd be beautiful. Make her gay, you cowards. Yes. (laughs) Thank you so much for hanging out with us this entire episode. For all of our listeners, remember you can give us your own answers to this episode's Q&A questions on our Twitter at leshangoutpod. Juliana, where can our listeners find you? You said follow you on Instagram, but what is your handle? How can they follow you on Instagram? My Instagram is at the Juliana Joel, J-O-L. Perfect. Thank you so much. This was so great. We're so happy to meet you. Ew. No, it was a lot of fun. Thank you so much. Let me hear you say hip, 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 We love hearing from you. We love continuing to build this community. And we just like to shout out some of our favorite things every episode. And we want to start. I know we just we we talked a lot about Halloween costumes at the top of the episode. So we just want to shout specifically because, you know, people sent us some of their costumes and stuff. We just want to shout out Maggie. We've shouted you out before. But listen, you think we're not going to shout out Cruella and Ripley costumes like 
please. Just incredible. Costumes looked great. Super, super happy to see them. Please always send us all of your costumes. We love it. Uh, Halloween or not, just like send us whatever, you know. Yeah, whatever you're wearing. What, if you, if whatever it's a super you're wearing, outfit, just, send um, it. just send it. Yeah. Love it. You know. Also, on our TikTok, I've been, we've said this before, but I'm loving all the comments. So we did a Should Have Been Gay on Bennett Like Beckham. And so many people, first of all, many people commented like, wait, I thought this was actually a gay movie. Yes. It is not. The it collective is. amnesia that we seem to have around this movie is incredible. Like it is, quote unquote, but like it's not, everyone. Like it's not canonically queer. We just see it as such. And so did you, which we understand. So here's a comment. I watched this when I was eight or nine. I remember it being gay, question mark. Interesting. From <laughs> at why am I on this app? Two, three, two, five. And I understand. But yeah, you were just projecting what you wanted to see. And so are we. We get so it. So true. You weren't wrong. Yeah. yeah. We always want to thank our lesbian Jesus patrons, Mark Foster, Tanya Ferguson, Jacqueline Rose Nishino, Saren Julia, Alana Rosen, Lizette Stye, A.D. Benitez, and Fiona W. And our King Princess patrons, Amy and Ellen, Julia Gonzalez, Leah Hendley, and Andrea Doucette. Thank you all so much. We could not keep making this podcast without all of your support and all of our support from all of our patrons. Just you're all the best. We love you all so much. Remember, you can also find us on all the social medias, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok at Les Hangout Pod. You can email us at leshangoutpod at gmail.com. Or check out our website at leshangoutpod.com. Whatever app you use to listen to podcasts, make sure that you subscribe. That way you'll get new episodes as soon as they go up. We also post videos on our YouTube channel, so make sure you subscribe at youtube.com slash leshangoutpod to catch them. Les Hangout is an independently produced podcast. It's hosted by us with audio production by Ellie. Our production assistant is Krista Murison. Many various other things get done by me. If you want to support our little independent team, you can rate and review us on iTunes or wherever you listen to the podcast. It really helps other people find the show and tell them, hey, this is actually a good show. You should listen. So do it. <laughs> if you want to help support us financially, one easy way to do that is to join our Patreon. You get access to ad-free episodes, all of our Less Central's viewing parties. You can join our Discord chat where we have so much fun. We have so many channels in our Discord chat right now. Lots of stuff going on. And it's just a blast. And it helps us continue making this show. So if you want to do that, you can join at bit.ly slash lespatreon. If you want to get some Les Hangout merch, you can get that at bit.ly slash shop. We also are retiring one of our designs, which is our lesbian fandom tote bag tee. So if you want to get that, you've got to get it this week because it is going away. And that's at bit.ly slash shop. And remember, we have a queer production company making queer podcast musicals with guaranteed happy endings that you can find everywhere at Dollar Bean Prod. Or at our website, dollarbeanproductions.com. You can listen to all of the episodes of our first show, The Flame, on any podcasting app. And if you want to help us support us in making more musicals, you can join our Patreon at bit.ly slash dollarbeanpatreon. If you want to follow us individually, you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at LSH Foster. And you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Ellie Brigida. With that, I'm Ellie. And I'm Lee. And, and let's, let's hang, hang out, out again, again soon. Let's hang out. out.